Hello and welcome to the White Deer Filmmaking Podcast, brought to you by the White Deer International Film Festival. That's it. <laughs> That's us. That is us. Um, That's Mark. Hello. I'm Adam. For context, he just pointed to me, not that the uh, the listeners can... Well, that also is a great reason for people to watch it on YouTube. Oh, that you could have seen me... Plug point to you <laughs> that's one of the more exciting things yes. that you, you can gain from the podcast if you watch us on yes. YouTube the podcast of which is produced by filmmakers ourselves um, four filmmakers yourselves um, covering useful industry topics which um, don't always get covered don't always get known just general things that might be of interest to you um, because they interest us and we thought that we might share because we are filmmakers so if we find it interesting then hopefully you will too and if we if there's a question that you want to know the answer we can ask one of these directors composers actors actors, writers, writers that, that we interview uh, you can ask a question you can send it in on any social media or send us an audio message on the Anchor podcast app Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Um, yes. Today's uh, episode. Today's episode. Well, before that, um, for those YouTube viewers, what I'd like to say is, well, give an explanation, because today we are recording this intro and outro in an interesting location, the same as last week's, which we never mentioned anything about. Uh, for for YouTube viewers, you'll see this, but for anyone else, we are in, well, a pub, essentially. Before it opens, we thought we would come along and grab our intros and outros. Um, but this is the location where we filmed our previous film, um, Conviction Without Remorse. So, interesting, but you might hear some strange noises. I mean, the chef's getting ready for work, uh, staff members arriving, things like that, conversations happening. So, apology, apologies, but also it's... Well, we're just trying to be hyper-efficient, really, aren't we? It's a real-life environment. It's a real-life environment, yeah. We just can't afford an office, everyone, so we, you know, we're just scraping on by. Yep, we haven't got a podcast studio. <laughs> Yet. It's so coming, it's coming. We use a pub. We use a pub, yeah. But uh, today's episode, on to more serious things. Um, this was really interesting because it was a composer for the first yeah. time as well that yeah. we've interviewed. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really interesting... Uh, the film The Ribbon yeah. won Best Soundtrack in our September-October season mm-hmm. uh, last year. Um, and uh, we spoke to Jonathan Galland for, uh, to, to talk about his work on the soundtrack of the film. And it was mm. just so interesting to hear about what, yeah. how he developed the music, mm. um, how he came to find the project as well. Mm. Um, well, yeah, it's just really good. I think because we don't know much at all about it, so we we might actually, as interviewees, interviewers, I guess, sound a bit naive in certain aspects. But I, that's why I think this is possibly one of the most important interviews for me because I've learned so much from this personally. The others I can relate to. This one, I'm like genuinely. Well, I think well. this one we were starting from little. Yes. Knowledge. The and other ones, directors, with, writers, yeah. actors. Yeah. Obviously, Mark's mm-hmm. an actor himself. So, I think from the conversations with uh, with the actors that we've interviewed, 
you've obviously you've learned something, but mm. you've come at it from a, a point of, of view of no, yeah. knowing exactly. other stuff. Whereas this one's kind of we've we've come at it from not much knowledge, just an interest in how useful sound mm. can be and mm. music in particular can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing I just it from it the composer's mindset is just exceptionally useful to know. Yeah, and the challenges I, that they might face as well. I found it really insightful. Mm. Uh, so hopefully you will too. Um, um, yeah. Should we should we get straight to we it? We should, but we should also just remind people that um, they should stay tuned because at the end of the podcast we do have um, our now weekly code, 10% off code for any submission that you want to do. Um, it's for the first 50 users. So after that, then it's gone until we have a new one next week. But make sure to stay tuned till the end for that. Um, I think that's everything. I think so. Okay, well, let's, let's go en- to Enjoy, Jonathan. yeah, enjoy. I guess the first question would be, so how did you get involved with the, the ribbon as a project? Well, the funny thing is uh, it's uh, actually coming from uh, an alumni from my school who graduated mm-hmm. a few years ago. And I was just finishing up the master's degree over there. And mm-hmm. uh, it ever so happened that the project she was working on actually got picked up by the school because it was uh, so promising. And mm. so they decided to have a whole team, a whole crew working on it. And um, that was my very last semester. So like I almost missed the project, but um, I got on board as one of the last composers for the project because it was about mm. uh, five or six composers before me. And mm. after every semester, they had to redo the music and it was it was just a whole pain. Right. Um, when I saw the film for the first time, I... I I knew I wanted to do this, you know, it was like very mm-hmm. powerful film. And I said to the director, you know, I'll redo the whole thing, but I'll, I can promise you I'll finish the score. So that's how I got on board. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and when you did see the film for the first time, um, what, um, I guess, what state was it in, in terms of the, um, music composition for it? Did you have any music to go to? Yes. With it? Uh, uh, yeah. yes, there was stamp music. Um, it was all piano. Okay. Um, and in my mind, I already had like this entire orchestra thing going on because mm. the film is so epic by, by itself, mm. the way it looks. Mm. Um, and it was still in its um, animatic version, so mm. not compelling to look at. But, um, you know, the most important was there. The emotions was, were mm. there. The, the, the shots were, were great. And um, that's, yeah, that's, that's what sold me on it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, yeah I think it really helped, uh, it really enhanced the film and, and brought it to another level, um, just having having your score on it and um yeah it was really interesting to see uh obviously when we were judging it we were kind of imagining what it would be without it and i think that's what we were kind of judging how much you kind of helped the film obviously like you say the film was very good as it is um but yeah i think you really took it to another level um but just going back a bit uh how did you get into composing have you been doing it for long well i i've always been involved with uh classical music and music in general ever since i was a kid um i'm not coming from a family of musicians or artists for that matter but um i've been i've been lucky enough to be exposed to music since a very young age um since as long as i can remember um 
and it's music has always um, given me that um, feeling of you know traveling and going places just by by hearing um, different types of music. I used to listen to a lot of romantic music, you know, romantic era, um, mm. Tchaikovsky and Chopin and all that. Um, and there's a lot of feeling in that music. And I just, um, I'm also a huge uh, movie nerd. And so I, fig- I figured a way to just put the two together in, in, uh, in a job that makes sense, you know, so I can write music, but for something I love. Yeah. So yeah. for me, that was just a perfect yeah. fit. Excellent. Um, it certainly um, seems like um, you would agree with us when we were to say that it is very much the case that the um, the music for a film tells as much of the story as um, the visuals do in many ways. So it can often help with the emotions of the characters involved. Um, it can help with the flow. Um, it can help the audience um, connect with the story. Would you, would you say that that is a correct assessment? Sure. Um, yes, it's, it's absolutely correct. Uh, this is what's difficult about scoring music for a film. Uh, and especially mm. for animation, because um, it's not about you as a composer um, who's just creating, you know, music. It's about um, creating something that the director wants, um, and so it has to respect exactly the film. And you have to ask yourself the question at any given moment: What is the picture telling me? What am I asked to score right now? And it's not about, oh, I'm just, I want to write this and that, because that's my favorite genre, you know. Mm. So it's all about following closely to picture, and especially with, as I said, animation is very important. Um, it's a technique we call Mickey Mousing, because it's mm. basically uh, reproducing what you see on screen and taking it literally um, into uh, music form. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. So how do you kind of go about balancing that, uh, your, what you can see in your head and what the director wants? Well, there, there's always um, a lot of back and forth between composers and directors. It's very rare uh, in my experience to have um, a director say right off the bat, oh, just you know, do whatever you want, and they like everything. You know, it's very rare. Mm. Uh, usually when they say that, they they kind of back out and say, "Oh no, actually, that, that can you can we try something else?" You know, um, and so I I was kind of fighting with the director at the beginning of the onboarding on this project um, because she wanted piano. That she wanted everything piano because for her that was the instrument that conveyed the most emotion, right? And mm-hmm. um, for me, as I'm a very different, I mean, we all have different brains and we process things differently. And for me, when I saw this film, I saw all these colors and all this, you know, magical um, feel to it. And, mm. you know, for me, it was just obvious it had to be orchestra and big, you know, it had to be like a, you know, movie that you would see in theaters, not a student mm. film, you know. So it was a little clashing at the beginning because she really was, you know, pulling the string on the piano and I was like more, ah, I want something big. And um, what's really interesting is the whole team actually rooted for me on the score because I was starting to write and they were already listening to the first draft. And Uh um, 
I, I guess that actually convinced the director, and she she ended up loving it, um, which I'm very glad it, it you know it, it it happened that way. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, do do you think, uh, Jonathan, that um, maybe one of the best things in in music in particular, but maybe any kind of skill or field, is that um, the knowledge and awareness you have of so many different uh, instruments, for example, in this case, or maybe styles of music, really aids just um, an awareness of what is possible. So if you're, you can be very, very focused, say, for example, with uh, one piece of equipment, but um, and that might do a fantastic job. But if you if you have a knowledge and awareness of multiple styles, multiple genres, that it really helps you to um, open up what the possibilities are. Sure, sure. Um, it de- it definitely helps to know music per se. Um, I've studied orchestration and counterpoint and composition um, for for many years, um, and that develops also a critical ear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's possible, what's playable, what's not playable. Um, you know, you learn that musicians are human beings. They need to breathe just like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you cannot write a trumpet part or a clarinet solo that goes on forever, for example. Um, <laughs> strings also have limitations because of the bowing. Um, it, there's, always, there's always limitations, but you, as a composer, you also have to learn to use those limitations to um, make choices. Yeah. Excellent. So what um, is is there? Are there people in the industry um, composers that you look up to, film composers or uh, or other composers as well? Sure. Is there um, anyone that you kind of look at? Um, I would say the composers I look at um, the most are probably those who write music for animated films, mm-hmm. because I believe this is by far the hardest genre to write for because the the music has to switch in a fraction of a second from one mood to to another and sometimes it goes on forever and you have mm. to always fall back on your feet and that's very difficult because sometimes you don't have time for a theme you don't have time for exposition um it's uh you, you have to it's it's very strategic and you have to think very clearly and make it work so um composers i admire for example john powell um, David Newman, Thomas Newman, um, you know all the, the guys, Randy Newman, all the guys who do music for Pixar films, Disney mm. films. You know, I'm thinking of Alan Menken, for example, who did all the Disney scores. Um, it's it's just you know incredible to to see all the cartoon music that you hear. You know, uh, it's it's mm. just this is all Mickey Mousing, like I was saying, and it's just incredible how people actually manage to write this in such a short amount of time and for sometimes long films mm, yeah. yeah yeah and it's uh, um this is coming very much from someone who is who um is within the film industry but uh music is is completely different to what i've studied um you mentioned about there being um uh, different uh, necessities for each type so with animation there there are different needs to say uh, a live performance for example yeah. or, or lots of different styles is there um, a specific uh, education or some some level of um, some courses or for example which which are specific for each ones or is it a kind of um, 
a general knowledge of music and application of uh, how to compose that you then have to adapt after um, after education or, or is there something to help? Um, I would say both. Um, education okay. definitely doesn't... Education helps a lot for guiding you and finding what you have to work on. Um, mm. When I... The, the primary reason I, I went to uh, school, I got my MFA in music for visual media. The primary reason I, I decided to go for that was um, I already knew how to write music. Um, mm. And there were, you know, genres where I was very comfortable writing for. But I wanted to find out what I'm not good at, you know. Mm. And that's basically, you know, by going to school, you will get all these assignments and then you will get one assignment where you're you just you can't do it, and yeah. and no matter how hard you try, um, you just you can't figure it out. It's it's you it, it seems like almost impossible, and then you you realize it's just because you've never done it before, and so by going to school you you kind of get used to um, all the different aspects of everything that you can be asked to do, and um, in that regard I think it's very helpful. Now about uh learning about music i think it's it's you just have to listen to a lot of it mm. um i i don't personally think we we're going to create music that doesn't exist anymore um mm -hmm. we've done that for you know hundreds of years and uh we always seem to go back to you know the roots you know what what's been done before and mm. So I think it's just by listening to a lot of music, you develop an ear for what's good and what's not so good. You know, then you can you can easily tell um, this is going to work for the audience. This probably not. So that's probably the most important. Mm. Fantastic. So for for the ribbon, um, other than what you've already said, was there any particularly challenging elements to it? Um, I would say to well, the whole film was for me challenging. It took me, uh, it took me over two months to write five minutes of score. Uh, yeah. And um, it's, I mean, I was not doing it full time, but still, you know, animation it, for me is that hard. That's that for me to, the hardest thing to do. So the whole yeah. thing was challenging um, because I'm, I'm the type of composer who naturally likes to write dark music, um, emotional but dark, and this is like the complete opposite. It's all lively and playful, and um, mm. you know, just adding you know sparkles here and rainbows there, and you know, <laughs> it's it, it's very different from what I've done before. Um, mm. I would say a very challenging part for me was to actually um, switch from the very lively score to um, the hospital scene because. I wanted this to be um, very efficient and very powerful, and mm. I only had one shot at this, because if I give it away before it happens, you know, it doesn't have that much of an impact anymore. So mm. I just I had to be very precise um, as to where I was going to hit with the score for that, and I decided to just take everything away, just leave the piano, make it very efficient that way. Excellent, excellent. Um, it definitely works. Oh, absolutely. Well, that bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, visually, obviously, you see 
the difference visually, the difference in the color palette and everything. But uh, but yeah, just accented, I think, by your music there as well, and mm. it uh, it really hammered home the the feeling that I think the director must have been going for there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it is a surprise to the audience as well, um, which I. I I assume was the intention for sure. Yes, yes, um, we, we and, wanted to mislead the audience intentionally. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there was um, a difficulty in the getting the tone quite right. I think you've mentioned this previously as well. Um, in that, what actually is quite a um, dark is not necessarily the right word, but definitely a, an emotionally driven and possibly a an upsetting. Um, Yes, no it, concept behind it, yeah. but obviously there is a joy to the fact that this um, the girl in the piece is is comforted by well, it's hard to to talk about it without giving away any kind of spoiler or anything, um, but it's is comforted by being at rest or being set yeah. free, if you like, and whether Sesh. there was um, there was a difficulty in getting in not making it too upsetting within the composition of the music. Right, right. So. The the main theme here is basically, like you said, the the being set free. That's basically what we're going for. Um, mm. But it's uh, you know it it can be it can be challenging to watch for some people because uh, we're tackling very serious subjects there, uh, and yeah. and for and we know for a fact that you know some viewers they've lived they they actually lived through that. Mm. So um, we're not trying to per se make it easy on people we're just trying to show things as they are and mm. it's not you know the fact that it's animation doesn't mean that it's all nice and and good you know we also want to mm. express something that you know needs to be told and you know like sometimes what you think is absolutely you know the worst thing that can happen mm. um you know there's there's a certain way to it, but you know, it depends how you look at it. Hmm. Um, I wonder then. Um, do you feel like uh, being a, a movie nerd yourself? Um, are there some subjects in animation, for example, or maybe approaches to subjects which can't be done um, in in other formats, um, or questions which can only be raised um, through animation? Is that is that? Do you think that's a a possible possibility? Um. It's. I would say it's mainly the fact that with animation, it's just unexpected to have serious subjects. Okay. Mm. And mm. Um, I'll say, for example, Pixar does a great job at, at this. You know, the, in mm. most Pixar films, um, whether it's shorts or or feature length films, um, they know how to um, make you laugh, and all of a sudden hit you with a, you know, with a wall of bricks. And that's yeah. or like a train, you know. Sometimes it's how it feels, yeah. feels, and it's just um, it's the complete mastery of of that art for me is mm -hmm. what I'm trying also to convey, um, mm -hmm. and I think it's more powerful than if it was live action. Yeah, uh, a lot of that I guess is um, probably about timing as well. So sure. uh, the music has to assist what is being shown. Um, like you exactly you mentioned it with the hospital section 
a joke doesn't work if the music is slightly before or slightly after. It just doesn't work. And I think maybe that's what a lot of people maybe don't take into account. They maybe take it for granted that this is a whole project, a whole process where everything comes together, hopefully, to make the final product and what everything it is. has to hit in the exactly, right yeah. place kind of thing to, mm. to add up to something mm. yeah. and how much communication there is between for example yourself and the director and um, in some cases um, in some cases in a negative way perhaps if there's a, a budgetary um, requirement involved where you have to get something done in a certain amount of time and trying to hit those targets in a certain amount of time for example there's lots of challenges but it it, it all works together hopefully to create a an overall project which is better than what it would ever be if these individual pieces were by themselves so um yeah um so yeah what what we've um, spoken about so far is very very interesting because we this isn't exactly what we what we do ourselves yeah. i mean we're we're filmmakers as well yeah but, um but uh i'm a cinematographer typically yeah uh, and an you're act, an actor, act, an actor mainly so, so. this is slightly, slightly different but um, yeah, but we really appreciate exactly how that how it can help mm. films so um we were looking forward to talking to you and and seeing your take on it uh yeah. because we've we've had music uh we've had music scored for films in the past and we've also um, had kind of like off the shelf music that's <coughs> been edited a- around mm. to make it work kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we definitely see the benefits of working with someone. And I think film is so much about kind of collaboration um, that if we can kind of collaborate with someone else, you're yeah. going to have ideas exactly. as a composer that yeah. I'd never have as a cinematographer. So um, I just think that helps to make the whole process a lot richer, really. Yes. I think, um, do, are you, uh, had you seen any of the director's work before you started this? And are, are you, do you have plans to work with her again? Uh, I, so I, I had not worked on any of her stuff before. Um, and I have actually never seen her work before uh, coming on board for this mm-hmm. project. Uh, we actually work remotely. She was in Taiwan and I was in San Francisco. Um, and the first time I actually met the director was at the premiere uh, in, Holly- <laughs> in Hollywood. So, um, uh, and so we, we did the entire project just remotely. Yeah. Um, were, were there challenges? Because um, I, I imagine that you had to speak through emails or different, different processes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Any difficulties there? Um, you just have to be very clear about everything mm-hmm. you're doing uh, make sure um, you know the person understands all the steps that you're taking um, and you know make sure to update all the time because it's very easy when you work remotely to have mis- misunderstandings oh I thought you were doing this and oh I thought yeah. you know yeah. and of course on a project like this when you have deadlines you can't do that you, you can't afford to um, you can't afford to, to just start working on something that someone else is doing or or just waste time this way. Um, mm. And you want to make sure you really have all the guidelines to do what you need to do and then deliver it by, um, you know, by the deadline. Uh, mm. and so you, ha- you really have to be organized. That's probably the main takeaway for, in my opinion, to work remotely with directors and composers. Mm. 
So is that something you do often in your work, then work remotely? Are you often in the same room as the director or not? Uh, I often, yes. I, I actually often work um, remotely, but I felt I've also had projects where, you know, I, I get to meet the director, you know, every week. Um, mm. And that's easier. Um, it's always easier to talk face to face and to be able to show each other, you know, hey, this is what I came up with. And you know, this is what I was thinking for, you know, maybe inspiration or something. Um, mm. It's always the process is always always easier, um, and I that's probably also because I'm work I'm very used to work remotely with a lot of people. So for me now, you know, being face to face with someone is is very easy. You know, um, so it's it's definitely uh, it's a good school to. Um, teach you how to be organized and to do things the right way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, um, is there a... Um, hmm, I don't know how frequent this is, whereby it seems to be that most composers get a, a finished product, um, or finished uh, visual product anyway, and then a reacting almost to what's on screen with the conversation with the director, for example. Are there many instances uh, in your experience where you might be working with a director or um, some filmmakers way in advance um, to sh Re help out at the ideas phase? Yeah, I guess, even as well. at, yeah, at the at the, uh, the drawing board, whereby the music can be influence, influence like the some film elements. as well. Is that sure? And that happens often. Um, it's the earliest you can get on board with the project, the mm. better. Um, because there's always going to be stuff happening that were not expected. Um, mm -hmm. And um, if you don't have much time, if you're already cramped for, for time, it's, it, you know, some, it, it will be very, it, it will be a stressful experience. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I've, I've had both, both scenarios where, you know, I've, I've started project very late. Um, the ribbon, for example, was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, but since it was a you know four minute film, uh, you know, it's, it's not too dramatic. You know, it's, you can you can make it work. Um, and uh, right now I'm working on a feature film that's over two hours. Brilliant live wow, action. Okay. And um, <laughs> that's the actual the opposite problem because I started too early on this project. Uh, <laughs> that can that can happen too. Um, I actually started this back in 2011, and never finished it. So wow. Um, now I'm I'm like now that I'm getting so much um, projects, I'm having a hard time finding time to finish that long one mm -hmm. that I started mm -hmm. long time ago. So mm -hmm. there's there's a balance also to have, but as a general rule, it's better to you know this is kind of like the exception. You don't really see that mm -hmm. very often. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of projects get aborted you know along the way, mm -hmm. but. Um, mm -hmm. This one, for some reason, has kept going for like you know nine years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, as, as a general rule, if you start early, um, there's less stress later on. Okay. Um, well, just a few more questions, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Um, just wanted to ask if there was um, because in, in many it, it, throughout we've we've talked about you working on projects for other people. Um, are you composing your own music, for example? Is that what you like to do as well? Um, original stuff, as far as you know, you selling, um, composing just 
as yourself is that something you do as well yeah that's that's all i do i just write music for yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. um i, yeah. I do the, the arrangement the orchestration i do everything myself um it cut it cuts down a lot on the costs um, right okay yeah, the, yeah you know the music for the ribbon i've done all, i've done all this on on a macbook air you know so wow, this this, yeah. this is where we're at now with the technology and you know um, sample libraries. Um, yeah. When I started writing music, um, not to picture, just mu writing music in general, that was in uh, 2005, and it was still you know MIDI sounds, very ugly sounding, the MIDI pro protocol. Uh -huh. um, and if you wanted better sounds, you would have to spend thousands of dollars you know on libraries mm. now you get you get amazing sound libraries for cheap and if not for free sometimes um, so yeah. Um, yeah. and the, the, the machines are a lot more powerful too now you can do everything on a laptop and I, I know mm. for a fact you know, um, you know video editing for example is the same thing now you can you can cut a whole film on a on, you know on a laptop which mm. which was unheard of you know like <laughs> yeah, 10 years ago exactly. yeah 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 as with anything technology always makes things better usually so it's um it's often a blessing isn't it when you can do more with with less yeah it's yeah. like cameras getting smaller and smaller exactly. as well and yeah. sure and then that enables you to do completely different shots like drones for example mm. the cameras sure. in yeah, those perfect, are tiny so perfect example yeah, yeah. it empowers people that could never have done this you know a few years back because you know, mm. they're not pro, they're not professionals, so they would just have to give up that, you know, that hope of becoming a filmmaker. Now it's everything's possible, you know. So mm. it's a um, it's a thriving industry, which which I'm happy to be part of now. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. And um, just a very quick point: you mentioned, say, drones. There now, this might be a strange question. Uh, with there being, for example, more opportunity for low-budget filmmakers or all different kinds of filmmakers to get access to something like a drone, for example, um, does having um, more prominent, uh, more higher amount of, say, aerial shots, for example, or different kinds of shots in a piece, does that open up opportunities for you as a composer to create different types of music which... Um, can respond to a, a multitude of new, different, um, different kinds of shots. For example, a drone shot. For example, does it? Add yeah, I guess if you we... noticed that mm. that kind of the the difference in what's being captured now and mm. and from smaller budget crews and things like that, do you notice that in in what you um, what you put music to? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, it's um, I've, you know, I've some of my projects. Uh, have like almost ex exclusively um, drone shots. Um, right. I've, yeah. I've, uh, I've worked on a, um, a commercial for a, a, co a French company called ACS France. Um, and what they do, they're basically, um, it's a camera team. They basically do like drone footage with helicopters mm -hmm. and, um, and you know, they, they worked on all the big blockbusters out there. And, you know, they, they asked me to put together, you know, a soundtrack for a demo reel, which looks absolutely amazing. It's all, you know, shots from, you know, Captain America and James Bond mm. and, you know, mm. and it's great, I mean, beautifully shot. And so it also, it's also, it has, it needs also its own style of music because mm. uh, 
you know, like, you know, as I was saying, you know, 20 years ago, you, you wouldn't have that much drone shots. You, they would be very expensive. They would be done with, like, helicopters mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, and and that, that was it, you know. So the, you would just have, like, a small amount in a movie. And now you have a lot of them. Sometimes it, it's just, uh, I think it's great. It opens the doors for, for more more genres uh, and, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you very much for speaking to us. Um, do you have any final questions, Adam? Uh, just, I guess, what the what your final question would be, kind of like, mm. what what have you got coming up and uh, what are you up to at the moment and what does the future, yeah, what's the future? hold? Mm. Well, um, most of my projects are all hush-hush, you know, they <laughs> yeah, stuff I can talk, talk about, really. <laughs> Um, but I am, I am, uh, I've just finished a, uh, feature length documentary, um, nature documentary that's going to be, uh, probably on TV, um, next year. Mm -hmm. Um, that's about the past, uh, the Pacific Northwest and, uh, mm -hmm. so British Columbia and Oregon, all that. Um, so that, that was an exciting project. Uh, I do have about, I have four projects right now that, that I'm currently working on. Um, so it's very it's very common for me to to work on you know three or four sometimes five project concurrently because um, you you just you can't afford you know just doing one project only and then moving on to the next it's just it would take too much time and sometimes you also need you know to switch to a different project to to get of the course, yeah. you know the, the the drive back up because you know sometimes you get stuck and. That happens for all creative people, and it's just sometimes there's nothing that comes, and you you have to since you have deadlines, you still have to make things happen. So it's very easy to just then switch to another project, um, and then you know inspiration will come back. It's, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, how can people um, follow your career, and if there's anything that you're working on, is there a certain social media which may be useful uh, for people to have at all? How can get people, yeah, keep keep in touch with you? Sure, I have. Um, so I have a Facebook page, um, and so just Jonathan Galan, and and it, it's the it's the guy playing the violin on the picture, um, and so that's me. Uh, and so people can follow me on on my page. I I post. Uh, I try to post regularly. Um, I and I work a lot, so sometimes I just yeah, it's have. A I, sometimes. I, yeah, I, yeah. it's it's a ch challenge sometimes to find time to. To, to answer all the comments or, or to post new things but I try to keep it fresh uh, and up to date I uh, also put a put up a YouTube channel um, that also has my name and uh, I, I'm not a youtuber it's just I, I just want my work to be there you know so, so yeah. for people to check it out um, and for and to be able to hear the full tracks, because for example, I I've got music on Amazon and Google Play and, and iTunes, but usually it's previews. You know, you cannot listen to the full track because then you have to buy it. Yeah. And I still want people to be able to listen to the whole thing. You know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. even if they're not buying it, they're not downloading it. At least they can. You know, I've I've had for example a couple of reviews about you know the ribbon um, from film music critics. And that wouldn't really work if people were not able to listen to the the whole soundtrack. So um, I think it's, um, it's it's a personal choice I decided to just provide, you know, music to be listened to, you know, the the full track. Um, mm. and, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. 
Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, what we'll do now is we'll we'll stop recording and then we can just say goodbye and everything. But thank you once again. Um, it's honestly it's it's a pleasure speaking to you because it is something which we don't do ourselves, but is so related to our career choices and everything. So thank you so much. Make what we do much better. look a lot better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. In your audio. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm still. Uh, processing the amount of knowledge that I got from it, uh, which is fantastic, honestly. I, I really just can't understate that. I really can't express how much that changed my understanding of, of a composer's you know, mindset. It's also helped me in communications with composers since, and hopefully will lead to a nice result um, in the future, because now I have some understanding I can, well, as even as like a producer like you, you can sort of understand the problems that they might have maybe it's like time constraints yeah, and things how like it, that how it can't yeah. necessarily be done in five days yeah which which like. you know we need it done now well okay but i also need to think of the idea make the the, you know, the some tests and then actually compose it fully mm-hmm. with all these different instruments i've got other commitments as well i'm not just working for you so lots of things um which is but very what, uh, useful talented guy Jonathan yeah. is as yeah. well yeah and I think I think this is one of the things about this industry is that there are so many incredibly talented people that just do not get the recognition that they deserve and actually a lot of the recognition for most people just comes in the fact that they are you know working getting paid doing the job that they love and have chosen to do their craft just again and again and again and that just shows in Jonathan that he is an amazing talent and we were both in in awe of him and speaking to him and yeah loved it yeah and it's nice to be able to feature him on the podcast indeed yeah yeah and others like him exactly everyone else everyone that we've interviewed has been Mm. great to yeah hear their unique insights their thoughts yeah so not just getting their insights but also um helping to show that aspect of of creativity talent and and things in the in whatever way we, we can because these people deserve it so yes um well as promised adam would you like to give the we've got the a listeners code. and the viewers the thing that they've all been dying to hear the most important part i'll <laughs> read out the code <laughs> from this Get now your pens and papers ready so the code this week is w d p o d j G836. And one more that time. It's WDPODJG836. Excellent. Is that clear enough for you? I think so. Um, of course, Excellent. if you miss that, um, I think you can message rewind us, it. rewind it, play it again. Yeah. <laughs> Modern technology is a fantastic thing, isn't it? Yeah. Try and decipher my. Your, ah, speaking of which. Speaking. You were featured for the first time in as a as an interviewer. Oh, I yeah. do apologise, audience. I mean, that might have been the a horrendous experience. Might have been, or the best. <laughs> in which case, send us a letter and tell us. <laughs> tell us, or or any kind of message. Give us a question. Oh, you or, can do it digitally. Yeah, whatever. If you want. Yeah. Um, we probably should have mentioned that at the start. Oh, we're really professional. Oh well. <laughs> we'll get them next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that it? 
I think that's it. Okay, we won't, dra- so, we won't bore you for any longer. Um, but we will be with you again next week. We are now weekly committed to. So have a good week, everyone. Been a pleasure bringing this interview to you and speaking to Jonathan. And see you then, or listen to us then, whatever. Or find us on social media. Oh, yeah, like, subscribe, in, all that. In God, the meantime. I'm missing everything. It's just because we've got so much to say. <laughs> well, let's, <laughs> let's leave it there. Yeah. See you soon. Bye-bye.